0: ever. Ladies and gentlemen, Adam is about to come on and talk about the power of people building up your team. If you want to grow your business, if you want to grow your networking ability, really leverage relationships, like really care about people, transform how you relate to people definitely stick around Adam and I are gonna dive in deep before we get to that I want to say thank you so much for tuning in for choosing to be your greatest possible self for being here and now just taking one step at a time. That's how you achieve anything and everything you set your heart, your mind, your soul to. So keep showing up, taking one step at a time. Next up is our iTunes review of the week. I believe it's by Swartz B22 who says win. Chris inspires m- by encouraging everyone to become the greatest possible self so you can become all you were created to be. Swartz B22, thank you so much for that review. If you want a chance to get shouted out on a future 12-hour live stream, go to BeYourGPS.com forward slash iTunes or search greatest possible self on the Apple Podcast Store. Give us a review, let us know what you love, what you want to see more of, how we can improve the show for you. And hit that subscribe button while you're there so you can keep getting all the latest updates, episodes, and uh, keep taking one step at a time into your GPS. I'm going to introduce Adam in just a second. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes. This is going to be an epic interview that we dive into to empower you. and You definitely want to stick around all the way through to the end because one idea or one relationship has the power to change everything for you. Let's introduce Adam and then we'll get started. He is a culture-driven leader focused on showing individuals and companies how to create culture that has high-performing teams come from it. He shows organizations of all sizes how people are the root cause of the numbers that drive your success. Adam is working on publishing his first book this year on his ACES Aces leadership model. And we're blessed to have Adam with us here today. Adam, you ready to bring it live, bro? I'm ready to bring it, man. I'm excited. All right, we are live. We are are live, you legendary leadership. (laughs) Epic human being. Let's dive into this theme of today, man. It is using crises to fuel creation. Adam, thank you for being here. What does that mean for you, man?
1: Yeah, so I, I think it's a really interesting time. Uh, you know, with everybody being pushed to work at home right now, it's huge to really consider, uh, you know, how we impact people, uh, you know, in this you know, connected economy, in this connected world as we push away from, you know, spending time face to face with people mm-hmm. and, and really building that digital presence. And so, you know, for me, it's, it's really about, uh, you know, bringing it on a level, uh, that is still personal, even though, you know, we, we change our communication modalities. And, yeah. and so, you know, that. That to me is what it's all about is just keeping it personal, even though, you know, we're not sitting in the same place at the same time all the time. So,
0: yeah, I love it, man. And I think the key I'm hearing there is personal for me means care, you know, really care. Like, how how are you doing and taking that time to to send a message, to jump on a call, to ask, like, how are you doing? It's always better if we do it in person and like in these more interesting opportunity filled times how do we choose to show up and stay connected with people you know
1: yeah it's uh it's huge it's really interesting you know because it's in business we have to take the the uh the balance of how many conference calls can i possibly be on in a day and still yep. really get what i need to do done yep right? and so um You know, so so when I think about the personal touch, and I was talking about this a little bit uh, this morning on my LinkedIn page, Mm -hmm. Um, when I think about that personal touch, right? There's opportunities in everything that we do, every type of communication we have with our team, whether it be email, whether it be a conference call, whether it be a video call, whether it be chat, Mm -hmm. um, to really embody that culture of you know how we approach people, right? And and so. Um, you know, stepping back and, and doing those simple things like asking, "How's your day going?" What can I help you with? Um, how can I help you be successful mm-hmm. uh, as you start any kind of conversation with anybody? Is, is really it's something that's critical to me. It's something that I really focus on uh, when I drive teams. So uh, you know, I, I think that in itself is a huge way to start. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just really any communication. It, it breaks down those barriers of you know, I'm just here to, to, you know, crack the whip and and drive the ship. You know, it's, uh, uh, it, it brings it back to that personal level. So
0: good, good stuff, man. Let's talk about the work that you're doing as a leadership and business coach in, um, you know, helping teams, helping cultures. Tell us more about that, man.
2: Yeah.
1: So, uh, you know, for me, culture is a huge piece of business. It's really, if you look at successful businesses, right, the, they're solely driven by the culture of the community within the team. you know we, you, you hear so often uh, this really this focus on you know customers first, customers first, customers first. You know I, I step back and I say, you know, let's put our people first, let's yeah. put our teams first, let's put our employees first, right because at the end of the day, if they're happy and engaged, everything else that happens within the business is going to be that much better. it's going to be that next step up. And so uh you know I I find it's it's really interesting because culture um statistically you know, there's been a ton of surveys on it but statistically the majority of CEOs and and company leaders know what they want the culture to be right, right. they 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 have a very clear vision of it they understand what it's what it's supposed to be mm-hmm. However, that same large group also feels very disconnected to what the culture actually is.
2: Wow.
1: And so, so what I've found is that there's a big breakdown from what is the message to what is actually happening. And so, you know, I work with companies to really kind of bridge that gap, right? And so uh, we start off with really talking about what is your culture supposed to be? right and how did you portray that to your teams and and what i find is once you get past about three levels of leadership uh what's really interesting is that um you know it's like the age-old game of telephone right Mm -hmm. the the message starts really clear and by the time you get to the fifth or sixth person all of a sudden it's like it's totally different you know and and so i start with how are we driving that message. And and so um, really what I found is best is getting whomever is in charge of that message in front of the people that should be embodying it the most, which is the people on the front lines. It's the people that are interfacing with your customers. It's the people that are leading your primary teams that get the work done. And so Um, You know, whether that be a a webinar, whether that be a pre-recorded video, um, you know, there's so many methods that we can get that message out there. But that message needs to come directly from that person and not through the chain, right? Right. Because, uh, you know, by the time it gets there, it's it's just skewed, right? Um, The other thing I talk about a lot is how often you're actually checking in on your culture, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so many companies do the annual culture survey, the annual employment engagement survey, right? Yep. And once a year, just ain't enough. It ain't. It ain't cutting it, right? You know, you, um, I come from a background of working in call centers, and, and call centers, if you're not familiar, have just a huge turnover rate. It's kind of the nature of the beast: of low pay, high stress, and lots of hours, right? Yep. So it, it really is the nature of the beast, but what I found is that these companies are doing these annual culture surveys and they're like, Oh, we increased this year. Yeah. But you also turned over 212% of your staff, which means everybody that took it last year didn't take it again this year. Wow. So is that a true measure, right? It's, it's not. And so we step back and go, how do we embody this more frequently? So, um, you know, and, and depending on the organization, it, it really depends on what that frequency is. Sometimes, uh, you know, I encourage at least doing a quarterly check on it. It doesn't have to be the full blown, you know, 500 questions, you know, big in-depth thing. Um, but you can get a pretty good pulse check with about 15 questions, Hmm. 15 core questions, you know, about what's going on. So, uh, you know so so even if once a quarter you're asking 15 core questions and survey and compiling that data you can at least get a pulse check of what's going on in your organization or how you need to make those changes and adjustments to it wow. right and and so you know it really dives into how do we make those changes and adjustments and and so yeah you know, it really stems from clear communication mm-hmm. and so that's um, you mentioned, you know, my, my book that I'm working on this year uh, in the ACEs leadership model, right? And that, that is the first piece of, of, uh, the ACEs leadership model is all built around communication or acknowledgement, right? So mm. how are we communicating with our teams? And so, uh, you know, it, we go back to the basics and go, how often have you said thank you to every person on your team? Because I find, you know, It's ingrained in us at a very young age, but, you know, the the amount of times that we actually say it in business, uh, you know, it's very, very minimal. Uh, And and so, you know, I've never been told ever to stop telling somebody
0: thank you. there's too much gratitude here gosh i can't deal with it (laughs) exactly right you know nobody's gonna say that to you (laughs) sorry
1: that's a whole different it's a whole different ballgame but thank you you know everybody appreciates that right so you know thank you for your contribution thank you for being here today uh it is the fundamental of just starting communication with our teams right um, and when you start building that appreciation and that that genuine appreciation for your team and you start building that trust level, when you get to the more difficult conversations, the conversations about slipping performance, about missing deadlines, about uh you know I was late four days last week because of life happened right you know it's easier to have those conversations because you're not starting the conversation by having to build all this trust. Mm. You already have it there. You already you've already shown them that you appreciate their their effort. And now when you have that conversation, you can have it more constructively because you can focus it more so on uh you know how you're there to help support them to be successful.
2: Mm.
1: Right? So Uh, You know, and that that really leads off the the whole ACEs model is is really just big in how we're communicating with our teams. You know, not so much sitting behind our desk shouting orders, but how I'm in the you know in the trenches with them. How uh, you know how I'm there to help, show them that I want to support them, that I'm going to give them uh, the information and answer the questions, and be there to you know be their cheerleader as they complete different pieces of of their task or process or project. Man, so. this, is,
0: this is great. Adam, I love this, man. And I think you're giving us like really practical stuff. The um, quarterly assessment, I thought that was great with like 15 questions saying thank you, just practicing that acknowledgement and, and doing it before the crises happens, before the, the breakdown, the like need to do a, a difficult conversation, I think is, is so important. And it's it's so easy, so easy to do. And it's also easy not to do. So it's like just taking one step at a time. I think for me, what, what I really is work for me is when I put something in my calendar, like, like that, it's important, then I will do it. You know, if I put in my calendar, you know, every day at at 10 AM or something like that, find something to say, thank you for, you know, depending on how big the team is, like say it to every person on my team, go say, thank you. You know, like depending on, on how many people we want to say that to, then that's like totally doable if we make it a priority and the dividends that it pays, the trust that it builds like long-term is, is enormous, man.
1: Yeah, no, that's actually, it's really funny that you mentioned the calendar thing because uh, I've done that so many times yeah. uh, you know. I, I, and I always target if I'm avail, if I can be available in the first half an hour that they're there mm. uh, for the day, that is to me, that's a really critical time um, because it shows that, you know, You know when they're coming in, what they're there to do, and it's an opportunity for you to ask, How can I support you today? Right. And so then I also like to set the last half an hour that they're there or the last half an hour that I'm there, depending on how shifts work. Right. And so, and and follow up to that, you know, thank you for your effort today. Is there anything that you need from me so that you can be successful and jump right in tomorrow? Right. And so it's the same kind of, you know, same kind of concept. It's just on, on the, the end of it so that you can make sure that they were able to be successful during the day that they were there.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I want to go back to when you made the transition to be the, the trainer and the coach for culture, bringing that to organizations, like, why why did you make that transition out of like, hey, I'm, I just was doing this uh, for companies before and like, kind of internally and, and being part of the staff and then saying, hey, like, I want to be more of a consultant role. Why Why did that happen for you, man?
1: Um, you know, honestly, I, I I watched a whole lot of bad leadership over the years, and I said, you know, I I talk to a lot of people and, and network a ton, and you know, everybody talks about the same gripes with building culture in their organization, and I go, there's a huge opportunity for me to take all of my experience, all of my knowledge, everything that I that I drive, and, and and everything that I believe in, and really instill this into the bigger picture, right? Because at the end of the day, it's all about people. And so, um, you know, I want to be able to give back anything that I can to help people be be just in genuinely better, you know, Um, whether that be, you know, gratitude, trust, uh, knowledge, you know, there's, there's so many things that we can give back that don't take anything away from us yeah and, and so, if we all take just a few minutes to give back, and thats you know and that's really what it came down to is I started going you know and sharing a lot of this on LinkedIn and sharing a lot of, of my experience uh, and go and people you know started to go, "Wow, that's really cool, that's really great and became really engaged and it, and it kind of uh, set me on a path to say, you know what i i I can do this in a bigger picture."
0: Wow, dude! So you're building this this book, this Aces model. Tell us a little bit more about like what people can expect when they implement this this strategy and this framework that you're bringing to to corporations and companies.
1: Yeah, so um, you know it's really built on on a few foundational principles, right? The first one we already talked about communication. Um, from there, we jump into goal setting mm-hmm. uh, and really tying goal setting back to the individual. at at the end of the day, most line level employees, most individual contributors could care less if the company makes 5% more in profits next year, unless they're going to see it on their paycheck, they don't care. Right. Right. But they may want to be a a leader. They may want to move into a different role within the company, a different skill set. And so if I can tie those goals back to what the corporate goals are, we have a win-win situation on our hands, Right. Um, and, and so we, I really work with leaders on how do you tie your individual team's goals back to the corporate goals, back to the numbers, back to the KPIs, um, that we have to really pay attention to, you know? And, And if we can do that and be successful with that, then everybody wins. Our employees are engaged because they see their growth. Our company is engaged because they see the growth and everybody
0: makes more money. Can we talk about like practically what that might look like?
1: Yeah. So uh, so practically, you know, a lot of it is is sitting down with leaders uh, and just really having those one on one conversations and really modeling the behavior for mm-hmm. them. Right. So so I start, you know, start with just modeling. What are your goals? What is, what is your five year plan? What is your one year plan? You know, what do you want to accomplish? What's your dream job? You know, just start really diving into them as, as an individual person. And so um you know what i what I found is once they start to reel that back, then you go, "This is the conversation you need to be having with every single person on your team at yeah. least a couple of times a year
2: yeah.
1: and and you see the light bulb go on, they get really excited about it because you've taken this interest in how they want to grow, and they they're like, "Yeah, I want to grow," and they get really excited and say, "You know and, and when you apply that to your team, um you know it really helps your team become. Uh, you know, really high performing. And so then, you know, so then I'll sit in with conversations with their team with them, you know, and let's have that same conversation. And so I might lead one and then let them lead one, you know, or we might tag team. It depends on their comfort level, how well they're communicating uh, with their team, you know, and I've been in situations where it's, it's challenging because Mm -hmm. they're not communicating well with their team. They haven't built that trust ahead of time. Uh, so it's, you know, you, you kind of get this little, little bit of standoffish behavior. Um, you know, but on the same token, I've also, you know, been in, in those uh, in those meetings where they're really engaged and, you know, and excited that they see a change in their leader. And so then they become really engaged and excited. And over time, when you start doing this over time, what you'll see is you, you'll see your KPI performance uh, you know, start to increase. Yeah. I honestly think, uh, and this is, this is not a, you know, scientific data-driven number. This is just an observational number. I honestly think that most people work at about 60 to 65% efficiency every right. day. Right. And so, um, you know, so our goal as leaders is to get them to work closer to that 90, 100%, and so what I see is when you start investing in your people and driving their goals
2: mm-hmm.
1: and giving them the education and training, which is the next piece in the ACES model, uh, but giving them that education and training to help accomplish those goals and then empowering them, you see their work and their energy, their work effort start to increase. And so, um, you know, over time what happens is you go from a team that was you know, meeting everything, and they were only working at sixty, seventy percent, you know, capacity. To now, they're just blowing their numbers away because you know now they're just fully engaged and like I want to be a better person so that I can move on to the next thing.
0: Yeah, it's like challenging themselves to grow and experience their their greatest potential, right? Like so many, yep. like that sixty to sixty-five percent. It's because they're they're complacent. They don't have a reason to dig deeper. They have habits and behaviors that are unsupportive of you know maximum performance and and they're taking things for granted they're not pushing themselves and challenging themselves getting outside of their comfort zone and then also probably those those good behaviors of like thank you and asking their team teammates how they can support and feeling connected effective communication between you know different departments and things like that like all of those start to transform when someone's bought in to say hey what is what? How could I get five percent more effectiveness, productivity, results out of my life? How could I achieve that goal faster? And then, like you said, linking up the company goals with their goals, I think is, is brilliant, man.
1: Yeah, it's it's huge. You know, and the, the key, the wrapper, what what pulls pulls it all together. Yeah. is that uh, I take a, a different approach to how we celebrate, right? So mm. we talk about you know we talk about winning, uh, learning from failure a lot. You know, everybody says, Oh, you learn from your mistakes, learn from your mistakes. And that's awesome, and we do, and we should, but we can learn in the same way from success as well. Hmm. We just have to dive into it the same way. You know, when we win, what do we do? We go, hurrah, we won, you know, and we leave it there. You know, everybody everybody gives high fives and, and we move on to the next task because we won. Right? But if we take a moment to step back and really tie uh, you know, tie in the, the same deep dive methodology that we take to our failures wow. and successes and go, why did we win? How did we win? How can we win more next time?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We can learn from that. And, and what I find by talking about success in that way, mm-hmm. you know, positivity breeds positivity, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it it really jumps it to that next level because now everybody's excited because we won. And they're even more excited because they understand why we won.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like sure. that. That awareness helps make more conscious decisions, and also just the more often someone hears something, that repetition it ingrains it into their subconscious mind instead of just being like pure effort every time of consciousness. And then you know the thank yous start to become like they're, they're not hollow or empty, but they start to become more automatic in a generous. Like loving abundant way, you know, it's like yeah. it just it it really just starts to flow out because it feels good and it produces better results, and everyone wants to keep feeling that.
1: Yeah, no, that that's exactly right, and and that's really where we where I, where I drive it to is you know, is, is how can we just really pull this positive feeling all the way through the process from mm-hmm. the time I walk in the door to the time I walk you know walk out of work. How can I have a positive experience? that eight nine hours whatever it is uh and and really feel like I won for the day
2: yeah
1: and so yeah you know, it it it's really i i think it's i think it's critical that that we stop and take a moment to really uh really focus on on how a team is performing in a positive light more uh more frequently than we do you know uh, high fives are great and it and it's good and it drives morale, you know, but uh you know, but we don't we don't learn anything from right. it. And and so um, you know, I, I always take opportunities to how can how can we learn from this and be better? You know, whether we won, whether we lost, whether we just did okay and met and expectations. How can we, you know, how can we learn from that? And and that's something that I talk to a lot of leaders about it is you know, taking that moment to when you wrap up with something, reflect on it, you know, and, and really take a moment to think about what did I do well? What could I what could I have done better? You know, it's that the, the age old did well, do differently
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: mindset. But, you know, in, in so often we hear that in, in negative terms, you know, in, in how we coach and things like that. And it's a great coaching tool, but it's also it's a great personal coaching tool. Um, but we have to make ourselves vulnerable mm. as leaders to the process and, and sometimes that's sometimes it's hard yep. uh to to in, internalize and go you know what I really screwed this up and <laughs> yeah it, it, and and dive into how I could have approached it differently to to fix it and be better with it yeah. uh you know but but there's a lot of power in that mm. as well, and so you know it, Always, uh, I always encourage leaders to write down, write down their challenges, write down things that they they felt like they struggled with, things that they felt like they did well with, uh, and revisit that on a daily basis. You know, it's it's kind of a, you know, it, it's when you put your lessons learned out on a piece of paper, it's a little less internalized, That's mm-hmm. a little, you can be a little more objective about it. I find it, I find it when you get it out of here. And put it out on you know put it out for the world to see it's it's easier to to deep dive into so um so I walk through that exercise a lot with leaders as well in just um stepping back and, and making them understand that they they need to show that humility to their teams as well yeah and it, because uh because if they do their teams are going to show that same humility back to them, and mm-hmm. then everybody's stronger
0: yeah i'm curious you've you've probably seen um what what would you recommend if there's a a disagreement between like leadership on culture and like it ends up like let's talk about what happens if it's resolvable and then what what happens if it's like irreconcilable and like there's leaders with two different visions
1: yeah so that's a interesting one actually uh it just uh sat down uh with my partner over at oliveira agency uh we do digital marketing and uh you know we we sat down with our team and did a whole mission values and goal planning session um you know and and really dialed in the culture and so you know what i what I learned or what I took away from that uh in in doing the exercise the way the way that we did with the with the team being involved, was really that um, you know we need to first step back and have a conversation. What is our mission here, right? What are, what are we all trying to accomplish, right? And get on the same page with that. And, and so we had a conversation about what's important to you. Why why do you get up every day? Why do you do this every day? You know uh, you know what makes it a challenge to do this every day. And, and we kind of took some key notes and some key takeaways uh, from that, and, and just really. You know, uh, took those foundational messages that were in what you know what we talked about, and came up with you know our vision, uh, or I'm sorry, our mission. We have the vision. We know what we want to do. We want to be a leader in digital marketing. So, um, you know, but but our mission is is really around doing that in an you know in an ethical manner that you know that is uh, collaborative with our clients and our customers and and really is built on integrity and trust right and so these are all themes that as we discussed this as a team that came out and so that's how we that's how we built that mission and value set right and so um, I think the key there is about communicating uh, and being open and, and being honest and and really Putting together, uh, whoever is driving that ship, putting together the total message, the total packet uh, as a culmination of what everybody feels we're here to do.
2: Mm.
1: Right. And and so, um, you know, it can't be one sided because that that's where that that disconnect we're talking about, you know, where, where leaders say, I know what the culture is or what I want it to be. And I know what it is and they're not the same that's where that disconnect starts from, right? Is because we haven't stopped and said, why are we all here? Mm. Why do we come in in the morning? Right. And so, um, so it's a, it's a really interesting process. Um, when you, when you start driving through it, it's, it's driven from a similar process that I've done with helping people develop uh, their unique selling proposition, Mm. uh, you know, from a sales and marketing end, um, you know, it, and so it, it's kind of a, that similar, you know, who are we serving? What are we doing for them? You know, uh, it, what does our brand stand for? And then kind of tying all that together, right? It, it, it's a similar methodology, um, just a little more internalized to, to why are we doing this? Yeah. Right. And, and so, um, communication is the key. It really goes back to communication. Um, when it doesn't work, you really need to take a step back as an organization and uh you know and really go why is this not working hmm. right because at that at that moment as an organization you have officially said that you don't have a clear vision and you don't have a mission hmm. which means really from the business end of, of, of the of what you're doing you don't know where you're going or how you're going to get there
2: hmm.
1: and those are the two most critical pieces of building a
2: business foundation. Yep.
1: So, you know, so I don't think there's room in an organization for it to be successful, to have that disagreement. And if it exists, you need to, you need to take a step back and maybe come up with a couple of different mission and vision statements, uh, you know, from everybody that's disagreeing. And then have somebody else, a third party, kind of mediate it all back into one package that everybody's happy with, right? Uh, you know, if not, maybe it's time to, you know, go your separate ways and, and move on. But, you know, uh, fundamentally, I, I just, I, I don't feel like there, when when you're talking about mission values, culture of your company, these are, these are really foundational principles of, of being successful. Yeah. you you have to be clear and you have to know what those are before you can move forward and really be successful as a business.
0: Yeah. I want to go back to the ACEs model and just like recap that. I think there's still more to unpack there. So let's, let's do that. What have we covered so far and what else do we need to know about it, man?
1: Yeah. So, you know, ACEs is really, so it's acknowledgement, which is really all about communication. Uh, It's cultivating uh so how do we cultivate our talent
2: mm-hmm.
1: um this is through proper goal planning tying those goals in and then training right mm-hmm. because if we leave goals on the table and don't provide any kind of education or support for it uh they they're just their words their dreams at that point you know more or less right and so uh you know i find it really important that uh as we talk about goals we talk about how do we accomplish those goals by providing training and support? Does that mean, you know, giving uh, one of of your employees time to go mentor with another team in the business? Does that mean sending them to a conference? Does that mean providing e-learning solutions? There's so many technology-driven solutions that people can pick up new skill sets, Mm -hmm. um, you know, now that that don't take a whole lot of time away from what they need to accomplish on a day-to-day basis, you know? Um, I'm a firm believer that I think, you know, uh, every month you should really be dedicating four to five hours into employee development per person. Mm -hmm. Right. So every person in your and your team should have about four to five hours of employee development time set aside out of their functional, productive time. Um, Because what that does is that fosters an environment where people are excited to learn and build new skills. And so uh you know so so i I really like to build that foundation into what a company is doing and go, how do we set up these opportunities to to be effective in the organization so um you know, from training, we get into empowering our team, right, because we can get we can set the goals, we can teach them how to accomplish those goals, but if we never give them a chance to accomplish those goals. Mm-hmm you know, by the time they're ready to move because they're a rock star at what they're doing, um, you know, they've they've never had a chance to practically apply any of it. So, you know, really, you know, really what I find is as you get different tasks and projects within your team, it's setting your team up to be the owners of those different different tasks as they relate to their goals. So if you have somebody that wants to be a leader on your team, you know, wants to essentially replace you when you move up to the next step, right? Um, make them a project leader and give them the support so that they can go be successful under your guidance, right? And now when they're tasked the next time with being a leader, they've already done it once and they've had that guide, that, that compass there to, to help them be successful the first couple of times that they did it, right? If, if you have somebody that wants to learn a new skill set, figure out how that skill set can apply into different pieces of the organization or different projects that you might have going on in the organization. So, um, you know, a a great example is, you know, software developers, right? Software developers, they always have their pet projects going on. Everyone that I've ever talked to has some sort of side project going on, right? Um, When you're talking about their goals with them, you know, and figuring out, you know, what they're passionate about, what they want to learn about, um, you know, finding ways to tie those pet projects, those side projects into revenue generating activities that will benefit the company mm. is a win win for everybody. Right. Wow. So so if they're like, I really want to develop an app to do this functionality, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. Does that functionality benefit us? There's a way we could probably tie maybe not that direct project, but a similar project into what we're doing that makes sense, right? And and so now I now I have a reason to task them to do something with that project. Yeah. And everybody that's, wins.
0: That's, that's so good because you tap into their what they're naturally already passionate about and then you apply that into the into the workplace. And it's like, what better way to get people engaged and excited than to take something that they feel is like theirs? It's like, yes, this is mine. I want to be a champion for it. I want to get it across the finish line. I want to finish it. Plus I'm getting support from my team, from my leadership to execute on this effectively. Like that's such a win-win.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and there's so many things that people are passionate about, uh, that, that if we just take a a few minutes and think about a creative approach and, and how we can tie that back to the organization, it's a no brainer, you know, um, like I said, leadership, if you have a project, you know, who wants to lead this project, right? I find, you know, Effective delegation from a leader standpoint is not—it's not pushing off projects. It's finding the people that want to lead those initiatives yep. and helping support them do uh, to, to do that effectively. Right, and so um, you know, it provides me more time to be focused on them. Yeah, and and that's the way I always look at delegation. It's not—it's it, not pushing things off. It's it's how can I create more time in my day to support you as as a member of my team?
0: how do you effectively delegate as far as um giving them what they need to succeed like what what kind of context what kind of constraints what kind of guidance and leadership do you see really is important for that effective delegation
1: uh yeah so that is a great question. I think that's something that we that that leaders miss on a lot is but you know, so the first thing is clear objectives, right? Yep. So what are we trying to accomplish here? Let's, you know, let's make sure that we are perfectly clear on on our objectives and goals for, for whatever we're trying to accomplish. Because any kind of gray area that sits in that is a really good and probably a, a likely opportunity that the project is going to fail or veer or off course. Yep. Um, so from from clear objectives and goals, uh, then it's setting appropriate steps, you know, and, and that can be done by you as the leader. That could be done in combination with you and that person or you and the team, whatever is appropriate for the project. But setting clear steps and clear milestones, um, you know, it, it is really critical uh, to that. Um, also setting clear uh, timelines
2: for mm-hmm. everything.
1: Right. So we're, we're getting back to the basics of, of smart goals essentially in, in, in PMO 101, right? Uh, you know, but, uh, but, but really that's, that's what it's about. Um, when you delegate, you're essentially giving somebody a project yep. uh, that's outside of their normal scope of what they do. And so, um, so we have to have goals and objectives. We have to have clear milestones. We have to have a timeline. And we have to have a, ch- a set, clear channel for communication. And when I say set, clear channel for communication, that's when is communication going to occur? Mm-hmm. How is it going to occur? And what happens if something happens outside of the norm that we need to communicate?
2: Wow.
1: Right? And, and so we set clear parameters around that. So mm-hmm. um, I find, you know, the, fr- the first project or two that I typically task people with, uh, I tend to be a little more micromanager-ish, sure. uh, you know. It and it's it's not because I don't think they're competent. It's because I want to make sure that they're following the right process and staying yeah. clear on the process.
0: Yeah, it's like setting wow. expectations. Like, hey, I'm doing this because I want you to succeed, and I want to make sure that. There's no unmet expectations and you know how I want this to be done in the ideal best way. Like once you get that down, then you can add on whatever creative flourishes you want, but let's make sure we get it right from the beginning. Yep, exactly. You know, usually by about the third project, you can, you know, you you can get
1: out the long leash and and you kind of let them go and, and and know that things are going to get done, uh, you know, get done on, on a right, uh, right path, you know, also found that, that, um using the tools that are available there's so many great project management tools out there um even free ones uh that you know that you can use as a leader to to kind of manage your team and, and your objectives and your team uh is a really good communicate part of the communication piece right so yeah. um you know at olive we use uh you know, we use asana it's yeah. a great great tool it's free um, and, and it's got, you know, probably, I'd say ninety eighty 80 to 90% of the project management features and tools that you would need for, for most projects. Yeah. Um, you know, it just, it, it, it it's not as robust as a Salesforce or, or, right. you know, or, or some of those other ones, but, you know, it, at the communication level, it gets the job done.
0: Yeah. Especially, especially if we're like implementing it in the beginning to get up to speed, then I think it's like, yep. it's important to do what works as quickly as possible and then like get everyone effective at that. And then it's like, Hey, if there's still a gap after using this for, for long enough, then we, then we consider other, other options.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And, and so, you know, it's, I I always like that approach of, of, whatever we can get up that's fastest that's going to make the most sense for now. Um, But I also, you know, understand like sometimes the constraints in business that we have, like uh, getting something through the purchasing department, right? So you always have to keep that in mind. So I always keep a kind of a back pocket of, of tools that are free that I don't need anybody's permission to, to be a part of that, yeah. you know, even if I can self-manage from it, um, you know, it 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 helps out, you know, um, and and there's tons of great tools out there that that are free, you know, free for basic use, you know, and so if you're just managing a team, a a 10 or 15 people in, in very pointed projects or very pointed. Uh, workflows you know things like that there's there's countless amounts of tools out there to build those free workflows without you know without having to harass your purchasing department and get six letters of approval and you know make sure you put the cover sheet on the on the faxes that you send right. across the world right you know so <laughs> uh you yeah. know but uh but I always keep that stuff in my back pocket uh as options for quick deployment um so I always take a moment and step back and go, uh, how can we make sure that we get the right tools yeah. in place, right? Sometimes the quick tool is great mm-hmm. uh, for quick implementation, but in the long run, it may add additional frustrations to uh, to, to what's going on. So, yeah. you know, so I, I always step back and, and do the deep dive and go, what's the right tool for this?
2: Mm-hmm. And how
1: long would it take to actually get that done, That's right? And so whether you're talking to, you know, somebody that doesn't have purchasing power versus somebody that does have purchasing power, Mm. um, you know, that, that typically changes that timeline. So, um, you know, just being clear on what that timeline would be and and what the impact of that timeline would be if we didn't make that correct decision first,
2: Mm. you know,
1: so sometimes rework is, is, uh, is frustrating.
0: (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah, dude, this is this is great, Adam. I want to talk about the unique perspective that marketing and and having that skill set and building that company, what that how that makes a difference in how you do business coaching and um, leadership and cultures and help help within cultures. You can tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, so uh, you know everything we do is marketing, right? So uh, you know where uh, this conversation at the end of the day is is marketing, right? Oh. And so, you know, I find, you know, that what I, you know, what I take away in, in the marketing space, you know, we, we focus more so on digital marketing than, than other methodologies, um, because we know web, what works in websites, we know what works in SEO, we know how to get found on Google, you know, you know, we, we've built a team that's experts in, in that space, uh, we, you know, if we need mail vendors and all the, those other pieces of marketing, we can go find those people. Um, you know, but uh, but what I found is that everything we do is marketing scheme that you apply to uh, communicating with people and you can apply that to what you do in the marketing space and vice versa. You know, what you're doing on your website, you know, what your company is doing on their website, uh, you know, what your company is doing in Facebook and Twitter and all the social spaces—you can all that stuff is is mutually, uh, you know, mutually interchangeable, right? And and so you know, you can even take a step back and go, everything that I do as a leader is marketing, right? We've all started a, a new leadership position. What's well, the first thing you have to do? Build trust with your team. Yep. Marketing your expertise is—I'm an expert in this space, and I'm here to support and guide and build. You know, build an effective team, uh, and and so you have to market that. You have to you have to show people why you know why they should listen to you, why you're the expert. Uh, a good buddy of mine, uh, Monty Clark, he, he calls it the T, right? So it's the trust, expertise, and authority. And so we're always we're always marketing our trust, expertise, and authority uh, in, in everything that we do, and how we communicate with people, and how we uh, how we accomplish things, how we put our foot forward. Uh, you know, in, in different situations, how we lead projects, how we close projects, and everything is is all about building that trust, expertise, and authority uh, yeah. in in the people that we are interfacing with and, and, and communicating with. And so, um, you know, marketing is is a huge piece of what we do on a daily basis, though so people don't call it marketing; they call it uh, culture, personal communication. Uh, relationship building, networking—you right. know—all kinds of different names that we call it for for the human side of it, but it's marketing. yeah, you know, and and so you know that's that's where you know that's where the marketing comes in. Is like I know what works from a communication standpoint on the world of the internet. Hmm. We got a team of experts that are great at getting information out there on the internet. I can take that same philosophy and apply it to how I communicate with people one-on-one
2: mm-hmm. you know it, it,
1: and and really you know it, my big thing is just about giving information out right mm-hmm. um, you know so many people worry about if I give all my information out somebody's going to steal all my ideas and go you know you go do it yeah you know, Gary Gary V sums it up best and says Uh, 1% of people are actually going to think about doing something with your information. And 1% of that 1% are actually going to do something with it. And by that 1%, you know, the the 1% of the 1%, by the time they get to something that's going to rival what you're already doing with it, Hmm. they're not competition for you anyway. Right? Right? And and so, you know, that's that's where I'm just all about, you know, whatever I can give out and, and, and help people be successful. Um, You know, both in in business and personal and, uh, you know, in their individual endeavors, that's, you know, that's really what it's all about. That's where I say it's the power of people, right? If we first focus on the people, everything else that we want to accomplish will happen.
0: Dude, I love it. Um, Is there anything else you really wanted to drive home around building that team and and building these these powerful relationships with people that you've seen is important in business, marketing or or, uh, culture building?
1: You know, uh, I think the fallacy that we live in is that relationships are built instantaneously. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so many people go and they're like, well, I made a great first impression. Well, that's awesome, but you didn't build a relationship. You made an impression, <laughs> right? And, and so, uh, you know, I, I encourage people to take a moment to step back and go, this isn't going to happen overnight. This mm-hmm. is going to take time. Changing your culture in your organization is not a, you know, one-week project. It's not a three-week project. It's it's probably a three-year project at the end of the day, um, you know, but uh, you have to constantly be living in building that culture, building those relationships, driving that people first mindset Mm -hmm. and and over time, what will happen is you'll start to see a shift. Um, I started this shift really aggressively June of last year Mm -hmm. Um, and and really going, Monty actually, he he talked to me about the tea philosophy. He goes, man, you've got so much information you just got to get it out there so people believe and build that relationship and trust with you. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. So like, finally I'm like, forget it. I'm going all in on it. Right. Yep. And you know, three months later, I was still like skeptical because I'd seen a little bit of change, but nothing like tangible, Mm -hmm. you know, now we're, we're, we're eight months in nine months in. Right. And like, it's It's a night and day difference when I take a moment to look back wow. at how I communicate with people, how people communicate with me the the conversations that I'm having with people are so much more impactful mm. because I just focus on how can I give out and make people better mm. and so um you know it's it didn't happen overnight. it took nine months to get to where I'm at and and i and I wholeheartedly believe I probably this is going to be a lifetime journey. You know, it's, 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 I'm forever going to be growing in this space. And, and so, you know, just don't let that. I wasn't successful today. Mindset Hmm. stop you from being successful tomorrow.
0: That's right. Dude, gold. Adam, this is awesome. I want to let our audience know, like who are the, the people that you, you love to work with and how do they get in contact with you, man?
1: Yeah. So I am all in right now. Uh, so in the marketing space, uh, working really heavily in the roofing and respiration industry. Uh, so elevaragency.com is our website where they can go on, hit our contact page, find me on LinkedIn. I am not hard to find on LinkedIn whatsoever. Uh just recently launched my Facebook presence. So you can find me on Facebook as well. Twitter, Uh, you know, I'll just, just search Adam Sinkus. Uh, I show up, uh, search me, search me on Google. Mm -hmm. I show up there pretty well now too. So, um, you know, but, uh, you know, so we're working roofing restoration from the marketing side of things. We'll work with anybody, but those are, those are primary. That's our primary industry right now. Um, from a business coaching, I'm working a lot with small businesses right now. Um, virtually any industry, uh, just helping, you know, helping small business owners really take that next step in their organization, right? How do we put all the pieces together so I can go and be a six, seven, you know, you know six or seven figure agency? You know, it's, uh, um, you know, how can I, how can I really build that next step? How can I get out of I've made the same money for the last five years, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, really taking a deep dive into their processes their flows and how they do things. Um, you know, that, that's really the space that, I that I'm spending a lot of time in right now. Um, so those are, you know, those are really the two critical areas. Uh, like I said, small businesses we are doing, we're doing coaching, you know, business coaching, process improvement, uh, leadership development with them as well.
2: Um, and then, you know, marketing, roofing and restoration. So,
0: Love it, love it, dude, rock star. Okay, so Adam Sinkus, they can find you A D A M S I N K U S. Of course, it'll be on the show notes. Everyone connect with this awesome, awesome guy, Adam. I appreciate you. Appreciate the wisdom, especially about um, you know really connecting with people. Like I love how you really put people first and in, in caring about people, communication, acknowledgement, and uh, building teams to be able to grow companies, to be able to make more of an impact in the world, and especially today, like. To be able to stay connected and communicating, um, even though there's obstacles and things going on that are, are might feel like it's difficult, might feel like it it's not even possible to stay connected with the people who are on our team, in our in our community, in our company, whatever it might be. Like really keeping that going, keeping that flow, that trust building, um, because that's it's so important to keep nurturing those relationships, man. So thank you so much for for the reminder and just being here to help people become their greatest possible self in that area of culture and team building and and growing their business, man. I appreciate it, man. I really appreciate uh, you having me on today. It's uh, been fun. Sweet. I love it. Grateful to hear it, man. Have an amazing rest of your day. Keep keep showing up in service, man. Keep connecting people um, through these difficult times. Really, really keep it up, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. Head over to BeYourGPS.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever.